was having a hard time adjusting with parenthood and being a full-time student. So I, you know, I made the decision um, to go in the military and I signed up. Uh, my cousin was, who's a Navy veteran. She, she retired 20 years out of the Navy. She wasn't retired at that time, but she had a close friend that was an army recruiter. And, um, you know, I, I went down, talked to him, we did everything. And, um, I signed my contract for delayed entry on September the 6th, 2001. September. The 6th, 2001. Welcome to Each One Teach One, where wisdom takes the lead. I'm Ricky Monty, your guide on this journey of shared knowledge and wisdom. Let's dive in. Peace. Peace, guy. How you doing? Ain't nothing, man. What's the word? Man, you know, another day, another blessing. Um, Man, I'm just, first and foremost, I want to say this is long overdue. Absolutely. We've been, trying to, <laughs> we've been trying to do this forever. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been getting it together. But, but that's what happens when you have two intellectual, business-minded men. Um, trying to make a lot of things happen at the same time. <laughs> and Absolutely. it's just being, you got one person, one body, but we, we realize that we have to give all we have, you know? Absolutely. Um, so today, you know, for the listeners out there, I have the great privilege and honor. Um, this is a special episode to me on each one, teach one today. Uh, I'm truly th uh, thrilled. I can't even say elated. That's what I want to say. I mean, because this individual I have is an extraordinary person um, and also a brother bound by, you know, shared values and lifetimes of friendships and things that we have shared together. Lewis Checkpoint Walker, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. What's good? <laughs> Salute. Salute, brother. I mean, just you're an Army veteran, but uh, with a legacy of service. But I mean, a whole host of accomplishments, and we'll get into all of that. But you're not only just a, a service member, a prior service member, but you're a business owner as well, right? Absolutely, man. We got uh, Ready for Duty Services, which is uh, my uh, logistical support service business. And also, I'm a partner in Warrior Class Cigars outstanding and i actually got a box y'all i got a box and i didn't get the for the free i actually went and paid for it because that's what we do when we say support each other we don't ask for a discount we just do it we just go ahead and you know, purchase you, it you know you could have got it for the free man i don't want it for the free <laughs> for what hey, hey look i know right, let me let me start the cap okay yeah i could have got it for the free absolutely but, but what's the point in that that doesn't build anything i think um when we when we talk about helping one another i think we often have that misconception that we need something free or handout no we go to each other because we really believe in your dream really believe in your goals and your ambitions and i want to show you sometimes through monetary value that i believe in you i you appreciate know? that Outstanding, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're doing amazing things, and you know, it had to start from somewhere. And who is Lewis Walker, and and where did it all begin? Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a kid from 
Southwest Philadelphia, man. Um, Southie. <laughs> my mom and my dad uh, were together my whole life. Uh, my pop was a Marine. He did a combination of 29. He did 29 years in the Marine Corps, a combination of active and reserve. Uh, my mom was a nurse, uh, but my parents were 10 years apart. So you, I kind of got two generations of values um, from each parent and diff different approaches. Of course, my dad's approach was a lot different. I mean, he went in the Marine Corps in 1955, man. So like... <laughs> like right after the Korean War. You know what I mean? So... Um, you know, I can't. I came up in a working class uh, neighborhood. Most of the kids on my block had their moms and their dads. That's you know, for those that don't know, I mean, your block is your street, your immediate street. Um, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't every every aspect of my neighborhood wasn't great. Mm -hmm. But um, but I came up in a working class neighborhood. Um, most of the houses on the block had a father, and you know, our fathers um held it down man they were the reason why a lot of negativity uh, wasn't allowed to exist in our immediate area because they they you know they were willing to do whatever they had to do to protect that uh which you know that that taught me early um you know to stay in your ground and take care of your uh family at all costs man but um yeah man that's you know i'm a catholic school kid you know my parents bust their ass to send me to um private school man and um you know as i got older i realized it was more uh it was more of them sacrificing because they loved me and want to give me the best and less of that they had it like that because they really didn't man they just poured everything that they had into me man right um so i i you know i i can't i can't I can't say that anything that I've accomplished or anything that I became is separate from them because they're they're my foundation, man. You know, I want to say you don't often hear that as a, a story in America, um, a, a, a dual family household. Um, I think it's it's key into who you became to be because you saw at an early age what a man was supposed to do i thought you said and at that age they poured into you absolutely why choose that as a, a choice of words a pour in in what way and uh did you see them pour into you at that age um i i, I think that the early well, how it was evident that they poured into me was um you know, I didn't, my dad, because my dad was older, my dad's mother died when, um, when he was young. So I never met my paternal, um, grandmother. And I don't really remember my paternal grandfather because I was, I was young. He died when I was young too. So, you know, my foundation, as far as my grandparents was, were my maternal grandparents, um, and my grandfather just like my in the vein of my father my grandfather was i mean one of the most outstanding human beings that i've ever known even though i'm saying that aside from the fact of being biased that he was my grandfather right. um you know my grandparents 
came from the segregated South, um, they were they were born in Sparta, Georgia, and um, that came with its own set of obstacles and, and, and setbacks. Um, however, uh, my grandfather never complained, and I I think that was that was big. You know, he never he wasn't a big talker. He didn't complain. He didn't make excuses for why. Um, things weren't a certain way in his life. He just went out and, and 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 got it, man. He just went out and got to it. He had a fourth grade education, man. And when when he died, I mean, he left he left a financial legacy uh, for his family, man. And it, uh, you know, that's that's just an accomplishment in itself. Absolutely. And and I didn't find out until I mean, when I was thirty two when he passed away, he was ninety years old. And when we went to the burial, I see the I see the Navy color guard out there. I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> he was in the Navy. I I never knew that, man. I thought I knew everything about my grandfather. I never knew that he was in the Navy. So when they, you know, when they, you know, gave him his honors, man, and 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 folded up the flag, and you know, my grandmother passed before my grandfather, so my mom received this flag, and man, it just it just gave me a whole nother level of pride, man, because that that guy was man. That guy, it wasn't anything he couldn't do with his hands. Um, you know, he was he he came to Philadelphia um, with 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 one child. My mom has four siblings, but uh, you know, the oldest was born. But my mom and her sister and her brother, her other brother, weren't born yet. And um, he came to Philadelphia, man, with 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 a with a plan, and and end up, you know, getting a job at the naval yard here. He was a painter, and he was he was he was the first black foreman at the Philadelphia Naval Yard, man. So this this guy exuded self determination, man, and I think that that enabled me to see uh, by, by by as a byproduct what what my mother, her sisters, and my uncle end up becoming, and what you know my parents end up how they shaped and molded me. Um, it's, it's just like I say, it's a pouring effect, man. It's, it's the prior generation, man, given everything that they can, you know, knowledge, wisdom, discipline, and setting the next generation up for success. If you want to pick up where you left off, you can go ahead and just follow the podcast here. Don't forget to rate the podcast so other people can listen to good content, too. If you want to stay in the know and be tuned in, make sure you rate it, follow it on all the social platforms, and oh, forget the podcast. You can go straight to the Patreon. Yeah, we got membership, and we're the F-O-U-O. Not for office use only, for opportunity usage only. Having that uh, ability to soak up that knowledge man it must have felt great um to sit amongst those many great people in general um to come out of the south that was segregated at that time to come all the way up (laughs) you know we travel in cars now up and down 95 south and north but to take that trip in itself had to been a lot of uh challenges they faced but to see fall off to to see forward yeah, yeah. Man, just 
it's, it's all all it was. I got goosebumps in this my family. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, it was it was all about man. It's all about self determination, man. And it was all about yeah. you know not being a victim of your circumstance, but you know persevering, man. You know persevering. I mean, that's what you know. That's what our country is founded upon. I know. I know people get hung up and 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 wanting perfection, but. You know, I mean, this is still, I always tell people, man, America's one of the greatest experiments on the face, in the history of the world. No, no group of men have came together and created something this great that's lasted this long at this level. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I mean, you said it's something key. Experiment. Yeah. It's yeah. what it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. See, like, try to see if it works. I don't know. Try to see if it works. Something else. I don't know. I mean, the ideas and the principles. I mean, we we put it in a historical context. Mm. Yeah, we had we had setbacks and we had things that, you know, we had we had ideals that weren't so favorable for some groups of people. I mean, but however um that has its place but that's that's really something that i mean what can you really do but 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 fight through it and 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 get you know and get to get to the next level man and that's and not to cut you off because i want you to um kind of highlight and expound on that one that last thing you said uh that thoughts process that you have right now um i think that kind of comes from a businessman mind mentality you know you see that a lot when you have entrepreneurs who are out there they understand from a different standpoint um with those individuals that were forming the country they're like looking at it strictly from a business standpoint like how can i establish newfound areas uh to quickly get this built for as cheap as possible absolutely <laughs> and, and and you have to be an entrepreneur entrepreneurial mindset to understand it from that standpoint yeah i mean just just look at the genius and how things were constructed man the, the constitution the declaration of independence i mean this is i mean looking at it now i mean i'm always in awe and not that men, men didn't have those abilities but i think sometimes it's so cliche uh, as Americans for us to, to to hear those words and hear about those documents that I think a lot of people take it for granted, man, and they don't realize we really, something was really set out to be built. And although the ideas and the principles may not have seemed like they applied to everyone at the time, there was still room for us to get to a point where in essence they do apply to everyone you know what right. i mean right 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 and you have um, to do your reading and educating on absolutely that. absolutely they left uh, a lot of uh gray areas for military personnel there was like you can add to not take away type deal um and, i love that by the way <laughs> but you, for real though for I real i learned to navigate yeah i'm like okay so i see what's on here so okay so what they didn't say was <laughs> but um absolutely because if you look at it from a standpoint like at that time we weren't uh, as uh africans they weren't uh, the 60 percent of a, a person so slowly began forward now that i get it we're looking at it 
there should never have been a point where we were even taken. But then you got to remember there was supposed to be a deal of exchange of a 40 acres and a mule to allow people to have. If you till this land, you can now have your land. Now you got cattle. Now you can now have your own. That was a deal that wasn't upheld. And if you play space, we call that reneging. Like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't really did what you were supposed to do. Had the deal was kept right, everybody would be set up. And even then so, with the deal not going the way it was supposed to, we then still continue to persevere, you saw in history, right? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Started to fight for civil rights, so the Civil War. Um, the Civil Rights came later, but the Civil War first because it was a promise that you would get your freedom, right? Because that was a motivation to incentivize a, a, a group of individuals who were already behind the curve but that were supposed to already get their part of the deal <laughs> but we then had to strap on our boots and we had no problem doing it because they did it on the front line i believe yeah so, i mean you know there still existed even in those times there still existed a moral compass among people that that believed in purely in the principles of um of what this nation was founded on and you know one thing that uh, one of my favorite mentors in the military and, uh, and one of my old first sergeants told me is that, you know, when you're dealing with human beings, nothing is ever going to be absolute because when you got human beings involved in stuff, I mean, they're not perfect. You gonna have human error. You know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. So nothing's oh. going to be perfect, but you have to remain optimistic. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, back to my father the one thing that my father despised was people who had a victim mindset he 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 um he couldn't stand can't he couldn't stand you know won't i mean it was like listen we're gonna get this done one way or another and nobody's gonna stop us and you know if they try to then we'll sit back and we'll regroup and we'll figure out how to get a how to get around it man Marine mindset right there, man. We just regroup. We coming back. Hey, man. Marines never die. Never. You know, they just regroup. And um, man, to understand that, like, the you got to be relentless because you have to understand that yes, things are put up against me. But man, I like a good challenge, man. Who, who doesn't like a good game? Like, if it's gonna be a game, don't give me it on easy mode. I'm, I'm putting this thing on veteran mode. I'm gonna try to challenge myself as much as possible. And I think that we were. Uh, being challenged as a people and it's fine but the ones just like any person the ones that want it most will rise to the top absolutely yes you will rise to the top that's a word adversities be brushed against like a stone and in our case some summer diamonds you got to be put under pressure something abrasive must be brushed against you or must be faced against something very abrasive to make you shine and um, that, that's that's how I look at it. Absolutely. So uh, take us to you, uh, you know, coming up into the Southwest Philly era, the school. In, like, how was the Catholic school setting for you? Because I've never experienced a Catholic school setting. Was it a welcoming environment? I mean, it was discipline. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm. I'm 46. So, you know, I, I went to school, elementary school in the 80s i mean I, I i didn't get to high school until you know 91 92 ninth grade so i mean it was very much a disciplined environment you know what i mean i mean you everybody wore uniforms 
Um, you know, we had nuns who didn't take any crap. For real? And uh, absolutely. Oh, no. Absolutely. I didn't know that. I always thought of them as like real. Like, oh, no. Off no, to the no side. They, they didn't. I mean, you know, you had some that was a, a little more reserved, but for the most part, uh-huh. man, they were, you know, they they uh, they uh didn't play, man. I mean, I, I actually, kindergarten and first grade, I actually went to a school uh, called Philadelphia Christian Academy, which was uh predominant it was it was it was a all it was an all African American school. It was a private school, but it was a Christian school. And I went there for kindergarten and first grade. And then um, you know, I went to uh, a school called St. Carthage starting in second grade. Um I think it was just closer um to my grandmother's house uh for my parents. But um in in PCA, which was the first school, I mean PCA I mean, they, we were getting our ass whooped, man, by the teacher. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what crazy. I mean? I mean, yeah, you was getting jacked up, man, if you was out of pocket. And, um, and, and you know, your parents, it was like a village. Now, it's not like it's not like they were abusing us. You know what right. I mean? But it was, like but it was, yeah, it was, it was like an extension up. of your home. And, right. um, you know, by the time I got to St. Carthage, I guess I was fortunate enough to get there when they when they when they stopped hands-on corporal punishment but there were still punishments like holding dictionaries over your head and <laughs> holding your arms out and you know hey man listen a little hazing you know what i That's mean a little but, something, something, some little slight stuff just a little slight stuff man but it made you getting you know, ready for it made you who you were exactly and sure. um you know while i was there seventh and eighth grade you know i played basketball I, uh, you know i flourished especially in eighth grade and then, um, you know, went to high school, did the same thing, and um, I left. I left high school. I left uh, Catholic school after tenth grade. That was just something I wanted to do. I was so over just the uniforms and the, you know. So I ended up going to um, another school, which was more of a, a public school for human services, uh, which was an excellent. It was an excellent. Um, it was an excellent experience because I actually ended up going to school with one of my best friends and one of my first cousins. They ended up getting married. But uh, so I graduated with them. So I got to spend the last two years with my family. But just navigating, uh, you know, just navigating those 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 treacherous waters, man, and, and, and the streets and, you know, trying to, you know, just overcome obstacles and not get caught up in certain things. Uh, you know, you we find we find innovative ways to to make our way around there, and you know, I had cousins and relatives that you know were 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 notable people who who um, helped me navigate some of those obstacles. Um, but other than that, man, you know, it was it was it was a good experience, man. It was tough sometimes, like I said, because you know, public school. My friends at public school was having it their way, man. Catholic school was. <laughs> It was like boot camp. It was like boot camp, bro. Mm-hmm. So you said it was like boot camp. What year did you uh, go to boot camp? I went to boot camp. Oh, this is this. So this is this is crazy. So I actually I went to college. I went to Penn State, and um, in my senior year, I got my college sweetheart pregnant, and I had my daughter. Oh, nice. Okay, so, so got, hold on, you got college. You got the, you got college in here. Yeah. So, um, 
I was having a little bit of a hard time adjusting being, you know, having prior to that. I mean, I kind of work, but I work just as, you know, just, you know, so I can have extra stuff and pay my car, my car, you know, stuff like that. And now I, I actually had to provide for somebody. So and I, you know, of course, I had excellent support in regards to my parents, but they didn't condone. You know, my parents are very very i grew up in a very conservative family so you know they they believed in you know not no sex before marriage and uh -huh. you know not not having kids out of wedlock and i and i, and I get it i get it yeah but, um but uh yeah so i, I was having Life happens time. man <laughs> yeah i was having a hard time adjusting with parenthood and being a full-time student so i you know i made the decision um, to go in the military and I signed up uh, my cousin was who's a Navy veteran she she retired 20 years out of the Navy she wasn't retired at that time but she had a close friend that was an army recruiter and um, you know I, I went down talked to him we did everything and um, I signed my contract for delayed entry on September the 6th, 2001. September. The 6th, 2001. Next on Each One Teach One. We found out you know, of course, third brigades going to Iraq before us, and we were all uh, we were all all coded. When when I came to Fort Lewis, I was locked in. I oh, mean, of course, yeah, yeah, no it was no, yeah, we all knew what it you was. You on the news, baby? Everybody know exactly. where you're going. You <laughs> exactly. are the Chicago Bulls, my boy. Yeah, so, uh, third brigade goes before us. So, of course, we have to um, support them in their training rotations so now that means we're we're going to ntc we're out in the box with them we're going to jrtc we're with them and then we have to turn around the next year and do our own uh oh, rotations no. yeah oh, no. yeah yo you ain't never been so hot and dry in your life man listen but jrtc is like the complete opposite because it's human yeah uh bro, bro down there in louisiana up, about to die yeah, the only the only thing that gave us some relief uh, when we actually got to Fort Polk was they had transitioned to this mindset of urban war. So instead of just being out in the field, they actually had us stand in these old barracks. They were like, you got to stand in buildings. And hey, guess what? They still got them. Dang, <laughs> really? They still got the old five tons. As I wrap up today's episode, we encourage you to continue this conversation, break down the barriers, and support one another. Our mission is clear. Each one has to teach one. Share your knowledge, share your experiences, and let's build a military community wherever mental health is as a top priority. Stay vigilant, stay resilient, and remember your mental well-being is your greatest strength. Until next time, take care. And together, we can conquer any battle, man, both on the front lines and within ourselves. Stay inspired.